Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show and we're here at the Cassie Training Centre with Canadian Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie who just won the Preakness with Boar of Will at Pimlico Racetrack. We're very excited for him. Uh, the training centre here in Ocala is just incredible and I'm going to ask him uh, just a few questions about Boar uh, of Will and his journey so far. Mark, it's lovely to have you back with us. Talk about the Preakness. Um, you got post number one again like you did in the Derby which isn't as big a deal in the Preakness as it is in the Derby, but it did still not necessarily uh, be your first pick. Uh, a couple of years ago, Classic Empire almost won the Preakness and just got nosed out just a little bit. Um, you're kind of almost seeing an action replay in the Preakness of, uh, of your horse, War of Will, coming out of one. And um, before the, the, the rail opened... And, and Tyler got in the perfect spot. What were your thoughts? Was it like, I want to cover my face and not watch this race? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I thought after we drew the one hole, uh, I thought maybe that in the one thing that bothered Warwell more than anything uh, in the Derby was that w he was too eager. Um, that being said, he was still, when the incident happened, he was in a position to make maximum security run it was going to be very interesting i i would never sit there and say that we would have won um because i i don't think anybody knows that i i would find it highly unlikely that we didn't finish first second or third so the incident definitely cost um gary barber a very large sum of money i don't know if people know but even second is six hundred thousand dollars um but i thought when we drew the one hole uh, it, we had to learn from that, and, and so we 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 um, I called um, Tyler up on Friday, and I said, Tyler, I want to talk to you, and I said, I want you to warm our horse up a different way. I want you to just do some jogging, let him be quiet. And I said, if those guys want to go for the lead, then I just want you to settle behind them and um, run them down. And um, about the middle of the turn. I was having flashbacks of the Derby and I, and, and, and the thing is, you know, here's a young rider that I have the utmost re, uh, confidence in. He could have panicked, but he didn't. He, he held his ground. He waited and sure enough, it opened up and he came, he came through there and, and the rest is history. Now down the lane about the last 16th of mile, 8th of mile, I was having some flashbacks of Classic Empire because I thought he was going to win and he got caught late. So if anybody saw me on the uh, the video of them, why I was looking, what I was doing, I was on the turf course, so I was looking at him run, and then I would look to try to see where exactly we, how far we were in front. So you can see me going back and forth. Um, so uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to believe it until he went across the wire. Explain to our listeners what String Holt is. Um, I know that uh, after the race, he, he was favoring a little bit back there. Um, a lot of people I know, especially fans outside of the horse world, want to understand a little bit more about that and whether or not it's a concern. I don't know that I understand it completely. The only thing is I can tell you is it started after the Breeders' Cup. Um, when we started running him on dirt, it seemed... It just kind of appeared. It uh, we have a lot of horses that have it. More horses have it than you you know. 
Um, the only reason is now is it got it was seen um, on national TV. I knew he was going to do it, um, and in my mind, I never, never dreamed about. I I don't do it. I just don't dream about winning the Derby. I don't dream about winning the Preakness. But I had thought. I said once they see him walk back, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be concerned about this, and um, it, it's it's crazy. Is it? It's not a lameness thing. It's uh, it's almost. Um, like a jerk that he can't control and it happens it actually happens more when he's going slow it never happens when he's going fast the faster he goes and he's on a scale of one to ten when you see him travel and and move he's probably on a ten i mean he's just a beautiful moving horse he's been doing it i said to somebody uh, about the first 150 times i saw it i worried about it now i don't worry about it anymore I guess there's, and they tell me now there's, there's things you can operations you can do on him and 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 to to help that, but it isn't a hindrance. So um, he doesn't really care. Um, so much of the time, being a trainer, I've been doing this forty years. I, there's certain signs that show when a horse is um, in pain. Never once has he ever shown that. So, um, and and even that. Even after the Preakness, he ran, you know, a great race. By the time he returned to the barn, which was 30 minutes later, you could hardly tell. And and the amazing thing is, in the Preakness, he isn't the horse that has it worse. Um, uh, Kenny McPeak, Signalman, he's worse than War of Will. Um, we were kidding afterwards, and then there was a horse sold at the uh, April sale here that brought over 750,000. I'm not going to say what he brought, but he has the exact same thing. And, and I laughed, uh, Bob, Bob and I were talking he, and I said, I think I'm just going to go start trying to buy string halt horses because they <laughs> seem to run faster. We were laughing about it. So, um, yeah, it's a not a concern. I knew that people would see it. Um, one day, uh, he worked at Keeneland prior to the Derby. And they filmed him coming off of the track and some veterinarian from Colorado or somewhere uh, tweeted out, oh, he's lame. And um, so I got a bunch of those and I didn't reply to it. Just um, he, I just thought maybe he needs to stick to small animals, you know. So uh, we know what it is. Uh, it, it's not a concern. And uh, it's his own little it's his his trademark. It's funny you say they had a veterinarian once, uh, not Peterson and Smith, of course, it was out at a barn I was boarding at, and my horse is a Tennessee walker. And he came out, watched him run across the field and said, I think that horse has EPM. And I said, no, no, he's gated. He's a Tennessee walker. Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, it when they have something like that yeah, to say. <laughs> I've, I've had string-hauled horses that will actually hit their belly. Now, he doesn't do that. Um they would go up so much that they would hit their belly. Um, so, uh, like I said, the only thing I've I've come up with out of this is I'm going to start looking for string halt horses to buy. When you can take a horse like him and run him in the Derby two weeks later, take him to another state, run him again, and he can win. There's not much wrong with him. No, and 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 I, I've also had the question: Well, how did they let him run? Well. Unlike most races in the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, they are monitored by 
commission vets every day, every day. And in fact, in Kentucky, he would go out and train and everybody would say the, the commission vets would say he moves so wonderful. And then you come and watch him walk and, and we would, I would just look at him and, and we would, I would laugh, you know? And, um, so any of the fans out there that are concerned, believe me, they, they monitor these horses. They look at them harder than any other, probably any place in the world. Because most places they they train in a facility and then come to the race that day or something. These horses are actually monitored every day, and and I'm sure when we go to Belmont, um, I've already in fact notified the um, the racing commission in New York and said, look, um, please get all your records and look at this. Um, you're going to see this, and and um, I just want you to be aware of it and come watch him train anytime. So um, thoughts on the Belmont, uh, going to have a lot of fresh horses, going to have some extra distance to cover. Uh, he's got less than three weeks uh, to, to get ready for that. Uh, how's he training and uh, what do you think about him going into the, the third leg of the Triple Crown? Well, we sent him back to Keeneland. Uh, that's where he's done a lot of training. He's with David Carroll, who's my main main man out there. And um, he's enjoying eating some bluegrass every day. He's been grazing, eating grass for an hour or two every day and he's happy um as long as everything continues to go well um we're going to probably have his last breeze about a week out and it's going to be at Keeneland and um Sunday night or Monday he'll head for uh, New York and um you know it's a challenge there's going to be some fresh horses things are not going to be uh perfect for him you know he's he's got to uh He's going to have some new challenges, but as I've said before, good horses win, win when everything goes right. Great horses win when nothing goes right. Um, so far, he's proved he's pretty great. We've called you Ocala's Mark Cassie for a long time, so we're very glad you're here. Wonderful training center here, wonderful staff, incredible operation, and we're so proud of you, and uh, uh, we would love to see you uh, win the, the whole series next year. <laughs> We'll be trying. Thank you. Mark Cassie here at Cassie Training Center in Ocala. So glad to have a chance to congratulate him in person, uh, be here, watch him in action, uh, training some, some horses right here at the track. What an experience. Uh, this broadcast, this special interview brought to you by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Thank you for joining us on the Horse Talk Show on 97.3 The Sky. We will be back at the same time next week with more equestrian news and interviews for you. Happy horsing around. Until next time.